Well, that game's a piece of shit. Werewolf's bottom five today on Press B to Cancel. Everybody, hello, and welcome back to Press B to Cancel. My name is Guy Prime, and with me today, my good friend, Jake Wolf. I mean, Werewolf. Howdy. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing what? I'm doing great. I'm happy to actually be able to sit and record again. It's been a while because of the move and everything. Sure. So, sure, sure. Are you guys uh, getting settled in and happy with your with your setup? Uh, very much so, yeah. Um, the, the only thing that's a downside is this is the first... Uh, the first place with stairs we've had in about, ooh, like, eight, nine years. So, that's an adjustment again. Today's episode brought to you by Acorn Stairlifts. <laughs> no, but we should look into that. We need sponsors. And, and you know, mind your stair awareness, people. Oh, ah, just hearing the word stair awareness makes my ankle swell. <laughs> It's been like, what was that, a year and a half ago, I'm still suffering from, you know, it doesn't matter. That's not what we're here to talk about today. Today is the, I don't want to say epic, but I suppose epic conclusion to the bottom five uh, series. As Sick Jake had put together everybody's top five list, I'm interviewing the other members of Press B to Cancel to find out their bottom five or worst five games of all time. And uh, yeah. Werewolf, I, I gotta admit, I'm excited and curious to hear what yours will be. Typically, when we have our lists or our discussions over things like this, you have a, not out of left field, I mean, they make total sense for you, but they're games that I don't really have any sort of reality of, so I'm really excited to see what you've come up with. Okay, so, I mean, it's easy to to pick a few that are like, oh yeah, you know, Superman NES or Superman 64. Um, sure. Uh, not to pick on Superman, he's just had an unfortunate video game run. <laughs> uh, but I, I went with stuff that was a little more personal, stuff I dealt with growing up, at least to some extent, okay. and you know, a couple more recent. But uh, I, I think I've got a fun list here. I didn't order them like, you know, fifth best, first best, anything like that, or worst. But uh, just keep in mm-hmm. mind, they are all definitely number two. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm reminded of a time where I was trying to explain to one of my parents um, that when somebody says it's the bomb, it's it's a good thing, you know, like turn of the century lingo. Oh man, that's that's the bomb. And um, my mom was like, "What? That sounds horrible." I'm like, "No, no, no. It's cool. It's it's great. It's the bomb. It's the shit." And she goes, "Oh, like okay." So then the next day, I swear she's like, "Oh yeah, that's a shit bomb," and I'm like, "Oh no, you can't, <laughs> you can't put those two things together. Shit bomb just sounds horrible." But now that's something we say in our house. So anyway, I thought I would take that number two conversation and make it into something only about me to satiate my ego. So uh, I've had enough of me. Let's talk about your top five list. What do we have at number five? Um. Well, I'm just going to go through them in the order that I have in this list, I guess, since, like I said, they're not mm-hmm. in any particular order. Okay. Um, let's go with Eight Eyes. 
Oh, okay. Classic NES. Go ahead. Yes. So Eight Eyes, on the surface, it looks like, you know, generic Castlevania. You start playing it, it starts to seem kind of cool. You got a little pet bird that flies around with you, familiar, whatever. Uh, or a falcon, I think he was. I don't recall exactly what he was, but... Um, it gives you a little more control over attacking the enemies outside of your normal range, things like that. It's got a lot of cool ideas. Cool. I just wish I could figure out how to beat one level in this game. I even went back and tried it not too long ago, <laughs> and I still could not make sense of the game. I don't know if it needs the manual, because nine-year-old me probably didn't look through the manual enough to figure things out, if that's the case. And 38-year-old me just doesn't have the manual anymore so <laughs> this this game uh really is a letdown it like i said it's it's got some <laughs> cool ideas you get i think it's got some interesting enemies even though they're they're fairly generic looking their patterns and combat and all that is kind of interesting and again it's got the little bird familiar um and you go to various locations that are all very like I think you go to like the Taj Mahal and just other iconic structures around the world or maybe around Europe and Asia. Okay. But the game just doesn't play that well. Again, yeah, I wish I could it, even it... solve there's there's one level in particular that I can't even get past the second screen. I don't know what to do. Oh wow! Okay, I, so you're gonna stream this, right? Like I have to, I have to watch you now. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll give it another shot. Maybe I'll do some reading on it and see what I'm doing wrong, and stream it at some point. Give it another shot. But for okay. now, that one is definitely on my list of just frustrating experiences in a game that really shouldn't have been that frustrating. It's. Okay. It's just a bad time. And as I'm looking at it, because of course the first question that pops in my head with this kind of stuff is, how far into the NES's existence or career or life or whatever did this come out? So it was developed and released in Japan in September of '88, but didn't see its way over to North America until January of 1990. In your opinion, does that track, or does it seem like it should have been from? Much earlier in the NES days, or oh, much later. No, no, no. Um, graphically, it's it's up there. Like it makes sense that it came out when it did. It's it's very colorful. the The tile artwork is kind of spot on. It's purely a game design issue. I don't know if the puzzles are just so obtuse that you can't figure them out, or like I said, if the clues are in the manual. Because when you start hiding stuff in the manual. It's the same reason I never got very far in in uh, Crystalis, but at least Crystalis was fun up to that point. <laughs> right. Nice. And you're you're right. Like it does have. Uh, it looks like a Castlevania game that they went to pitch, and they said, "No, this is crap. Just repackage it and sell it as something that's not Castlevania." Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, tell me, well, graphically we've covered that. What's the what's the audio like? Does it have the, a banging soundtrack? It's, Are there any NF or um, not NFTs uh, NPCs that you can talk to? No, it's 
the level selection is more like Mega Man, where there's a bunch of levels you okay. can pick, go to one, and then you're at that level. So it's there's no villages of NPCs or anything like that. Um, so not like Simon's Quest or anything, where you can try to figure out what to do next? No. Uh, if memory serves, there is a sort of magic and sub-weapon system. But last time I played it, I couldn't really get i i really could not get far enough to come across that stuff and (laughs) (laughs) um like i said the the sprite work and color it's the sprite work is great it's really colorful but the audio i don't want to say it's bad it's just uninteresting okay the only interesting thing about the music is the fact that they tried to make the music feel very aged so they're trying to emulate styles for the regions that you're in, but the piece of music itself is boring. So even though it sounds oh. like it belongs to the area you're in, it's still not good music. So it's it's kind right. of in a weird gray area of impressive, but completely not. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the, the precursor to Mega Man 5. When it, was it 5 or 6 where they had... Robots from all over the world. That and then was they had... six. That was six. Okay. Oh. Uh, okay. Here's here's a question: If you are trying to emulate or mimic music from a certain region of the world, and the track is a banger, is that is that a different category than if it sucks? Meaning that if the music sucks, does it then kind of come off as like? bigoted or um stereotypical no i mean there's there's plenty of games where the music doesn't really fit with the game even though the music is badass um what's a good example of this oh pictionary for the nes pictionary for the nes has a way better soundtrack than it has any business having (laughs) yeah it's tech mobile (laughs) but (laughs) you know that's a whole other episode we could do of (laughs) Games whose soundtrack belong with a better game. Um, Okay, so we got eight eyes for the NES in that number five spot. Right. Um, What what do you got for me at four? Uh, Let's go with Destination Earth Star. Okay, another NES classic. Yes, another (laughs) NES game. Now, here's a game. (laughs) I'm like... Oh, it's a classic, and you're like, well, it exists. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. basically. So this is a, mm-hmm. another game I had as a kid, and no matter how hard I tried, I could not figure out how to do anything in this game. I could fly around until I ran out of fuel, and then I was stuck. So this was a game. Now, this is a purely childhood experience game. I have since gone back and looked at gameplay of this game, and apparently there's a whole other portion of gameplay that I never got to experience. However, hmm. I, I I attribute that issue to the fact that the game did not explain itself very well. It was not user-friendly. And it was like, you need to... It just, it just kind of dropped you into the game. You could fly around space, visit various stars and s- star systems. And... Maybe find some enemies, but I never figured out where I was supposed to go. It's 
too open of a universe for an NES game that gives you no direction, even though it's <laughs> level based, apparently. Sure. So, you know, you're you, you're flying yeah. around space in first person. You get these really cool vi- especially for NES. It This is another one where the <laughs> the visuals on an NES game, it looked really cool flying through space. But they like once you run out of fuel, you run out of fuel. Well, apparently there's a whole other experience besides flying around space from the first person perspective. There's a side-scrolling shooter in this game as mm-hmm. well, which I never knew for 20 years after getting this game. Isn't that the greatest? I found a, I decided to watch a video on YouTube and see what the hell the deal was with this game be, uh, one day when I just sort of got a, a bug up my ass about it and mm-hmm. looked it up. And I was like, what the hell? How would you even know to do these things to get to this place and play the actual game? So for me, yeah, it was, I mean, like, for me, it was just lost in space simulator. Like, <laughs> I have a finite amount of fuel. I'll go from here to there and there to here and here to there until I can't anymore. And then I got to turn it off or reset. And I do believe there was only sound effects in this one. No, no music. No soundtrack to speak of. Just yeah, I'm trying to remember. I this may have been one of the ones on my list from I think it was a year or two ago where I did a, a run of just like blind runs because I know I have the cart. And I, I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, then you're exactly right. It is a piece of non-communicative shit. I don't know if that is the right word, but yeah, you just have like this kind of blue UI with a mm-hmm. bunch of various little beeping lights and. Uh, yeah. a sort of galactic radar and your little visual screen of you're in space. Now what? <laughs> galactic radar would be a wonderful 80s synth pop band album <laughs> title. No kidding. I love that. Um, yeah, but there's kind of like this interesting thread. Uh, I've already recorded Jake's episode and we've recorded mine. And now hearing you talk about this, like your your number four and number five share this whole idea of the game does not communicate very well. And that's what my number one complaint was with my number one on my bottom five. That's absolutely what Jake had said with his Superman for the NES, which was going to be on my list, but he beat me to it. So I think communication obviously is super important in a video game. But as games have become more detail-oriented with their graphics... I think you can kind of slack a little bit, but back in the earliest days, you know, with Amiga and NES and Atari and and to an extent the Super Nintendo, communication and direction is so key and so important to the point that even if the the soundtrack was baller or if there were captivating uh, graphics for the NES, lack of direction will turn an otherwise beautiful game into a bit of a stinker. Yes. Now... I am going to say that the rest of my list is a little less like that, uh, save for one that's kind of like that. And I'm, I'm going to get in trouble <laughs> for one of my choices here. I know it. And it's, I, I can't it's wait. It's going to be this next one, actually. So next up, okay. we have The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. 
<gasps> I 100% agree. And but I just wanted to say that so that you knew I have your back when all the hate mail comes I in. Want, so go ahead. I want people to know, if you love this game, you're absolutely entitled to your wrong opinion. I'm okay right. with it. I'm not going to give you shit about it aside from what I just did. But this mm-hmm. game, for me, I cannot do it. I I don't... I I call this game <laughs> Star Tropics 3 because it just trolls oh, the yes. players so much. It's a constant race against the clock to try and get anything done. And if you stray from your path, you are unlikely to accomplish something. And now you've wasted... Well, how long is three days in this game? An hour? 40 minutes? Something like that? <laughs> so, You've basically like that, yeah. wasted a good chunk of time doing nothing but wandering and stressing out. And, you know, had I, had I played it when it first came out, I might have been okay-ish with that. As an adult, I have to agree with Jake to at least some degree where a game needs to respect the player's time. And... I guess I didn't realize that at the time, but that was one of my biggest issues with the game is it was stressing me out for time. It was Mm -hmm. not telling me where to go, but instead letting me explore kind of like, I mean, I give you a little direction, but it was still exploring like a regular Zelda game. Except when I play Mm -hmm. a regular Zelda game, I'm not trying to barrel through it. I'm trying to explore, enjoy myself and have a good time. And Majora's Mask does not let me do those things. It yeah, and I I get people like that it broke the mold for a Zelda game. That's my problem with it. <laughs> Zelda, though, as a franchise, especially early on, up and through the '64, has a history, or at least had a history, of introducing a game and then the next one in the series looking and feeling completely different. You know, Zelda was one thing, and then Adventure of Link felt and looked completely different. Then we move on to the Super Nintendo, and you've got um, Link, to the Link to the Past, which kind of returned to the original with the top-down view, but then they also had a lot more things that they added on. Think Mega Man 2 versus Mega Man 1. Yeah. A lot of the same classic stuff that you love, but all this other stuff. Then they give us a 64, and we have the brilliant entry into the series that is Ocarina of Time. And then they switched it to where the follow-up Majora's Mask looks just like that one. Plays very similar, if not... I mean, I don't say it's one-to-one, but it's close. But then you've got this kind of like time loop, rinse and repeat. The only interesting thing to me about that game at all was the concept of collecting the masks and what those would do. But otherwise, I'm with you 100%. I do not care for this game. Yeah, I just... I didn't care for the idea of playing Groundhog Day an hour at a time. And if you didn't accomplish anything, you might have learned a little bit. But I think at one point, I played three days straight and accomplished... Like, I played three in-game days in a row in one sitting and accomplished Mm -hmm. zero, even though I was trying to move forward in the game. And that was my breaking point. I couldn't anymore. I I burned yeah. three hours, got nowhere. And I was like, nope, threw my hands up in the air. I was done. <laughs> it is a very boring, revolving door of a video game. 
Yeah, that's that's probably a great yeah. way to describe it, actually. I'm very proud of that, and I just thought of it. So I'm glad we got that. Um, I, I will say this, like my one story, because I haven't played it. <laughs> so I, I have to admit I'm a hypocrite, but I've watched it, and here's my story. Uh, I used to live with my cousin. He streamed with me for a while. His name was Trev1. And he's big into Zelda, and he started playing Majora's Mask. Uh, well, you know, of course, I love Ocarina and all the other games we talked about. So I'm sitting there on the couch watching him. And within 20 minutes, I'm asleep. And I take this nap. And I wake up, and I, he's at some part of the game. Of course, it's my first time seeing it, so I, I didn't know what was going on. And then the next thing I know, I'm waking up again. I had taken two naps in the span of one afternoon trying to watch him play this game. <laughs> So then the next day I get home from work and he's a teacher. So he's on summer break and he's just playing. So I sit down to try to watch him again. And the next thing I know, I'm waking up. I can't wow. stay awake while watching this, this damn game. And it's not that I don't sleep enough. It's not that I am overtired. I just cannot. There's something about the lull of this game that puts me out, just puts me to sleep. And it's not captivating uh, for me. I can understand that for sure. That's. Unfortunately, that's kind of that, that ends up being a, a rather rough criticism for a game. I know not every game yeah. is meant to be watched, but usually, and I mean, as Twitch streamers, we we explore this pretty well. We see a lot of games that you know you wouldn't think would stream well or make good content for people to just stare at you playing a game, but some of them surprisingly are. And I know a lot of people. <laughs> play Majora's Mask. They do speed runs, the maniacs, and they <laughs> the randomizers. Oh, even worse. Mm. But <laughs> I don't know. This is just one of those games that it just could not do it for me. And I wanted it to. I love the Zelda franchise. Yeah. I, it's, it's probably one of my top five franchises. I think most people would agree. Like, it's one of the premier things with nintendo even when wind waker came out so many people i knew were like ah i don't want to play it i can't stand the art style that is one of my favorite zelda games i it used to be i used to ha, i i do this thing where i discern them between 2d zelda and 3d zelda because they're very different gameplay experiences favorite mm -hmm. 2d was Link to the past favorite 3d was wind waker and that was only overtaken by Breath of the Wild. And that one only edged it out a little bit just because of certain aspects of it. But when Majora's Mask just doesn't even bother competing it, it, in my mind, it's, it's a rough, <laughs> it's not a good time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's a shame. But I am glad that we are far enough removed in the timeline from when it came out in the 90s. Because it came out probably, what, 98, 99? I want to say 99, maybe 2000. I guess I should check my mind palace. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying I'm glad that we're far enough removed. There's so much more Zelda than just that. Because can you imagine the letdown? especially coming off of the hype that was Ocarina, to be like, oh my God, they got another Zelda game coming out. It looks just like Ocarina. This is going to be great. 
and then you play it and you're like, well, this is all we're going to get for a couple years. That sucks. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, that's the thing. It came out here in North America in October 2000. Oh, wow. Okay. So, first, first Zelda of the new millennium. Yeah. But, that uh, explains so much. <laughs> I had I had friends because I was when this came out. I think I was in senior year, and I had a bunch of friends who loved this game. And I tried it, and I was the odd man out. I think I was also the odd man out with Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> so wait, what's your take on Final Fantasy VIII? Oh, my friends loved it. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I I think saying that. Majora's Mask is one of the worst five games ever made is a more it's a bit more of a hot take than saying Final Fantasy VIII sucked uh so I applaud your courage and uh again I I'm with you I don't know that I have it was not in my bottom five but again I haven't really ever played it I just know I can't stay awake through it Final Fantasy VIII had some other redeeming factors to it that I do think it was a better game than Majora's Mask. That's where I'm at there. Okay, so, well, follow-up question. I I shouldn't ask. What I want to ask is, is Final Fantasy VIII on this list? It isn't. Okay. Well, then, yeah. So, and I agree. I think Final Fantasy VIII is a much better game than Majora's Mask. I'm with you. But still, still not a great game. But, yeah. So, Courage. Well done. <laughs> Next, so these these last two are kind mm-hmm. of a toss-up for me um, for various reasons, so I'm not sure which one to give the, the number two slot and the number one slot. Uh, I think I'm going to have to give King's Knight the number two slot. King's Knight for the NES. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've played this, but it's a scrolling shooter. Uh, vertical shooter so like uh, dragon spirit that sort of thing except you play as various RPG archetype style heroes you have you know let me grab the ma- the, the box real quick and see exactly what these are okay I've got it pulled up here as I'm looking at it on, on Google the ratings for this are 4.2 out of 5 and that is, what is that? That's a 4.5 out of 5. That doesn't seem right. 72% of people liked this video game. Okay, so... It came out in 1986. The 72% of people who like this video game have never uh-huh. actually sat and tried to beat it. Okay. That's where the okay. problem comes in. So you okay. play as a, a knight, a dragon, a wizard... And I guess like a thief boy or something. Okay. And so you have, it's it's a game with five levels. Mechanically, the game is super fun, right? It's shooter where you find, you can find secrets, get upgrades. Your character becomes faster, hits harder, shoots more. Um, it, there's a lot of stuff. It's, it's, it's weird that they managed to throw a lot of RPG element upgrades into your character in a vertical shooter, but they did mm-hmm. a good job of it. However, <laughs> so you have four, you have four levels and then the final level, which 
has everybody that you beat the first four levels with. So let's say you go and you play level one and you lose and you play level two Mm -hmm. and you win and you play level three and you lose and you play level four and you lose. You still go on to stage five with the hero from level two. Oh, wow. What the game does not tell you is that you have to get all four heroes through each of their respective levels in order to beat stage five. Oh. So once somebody dies, you may as well start over. Right. The game doesn't tell you that. It lets you keep going and toys with the player. Yeesh. That's where my problem. <laughs> Sorry. That's where my problem with yeah. this game lies. And I, I, mechanically, a lot of fun, but it's another one of those cases of, you know, screw the player's time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't you know? Don't inform me of what is pertinent information. It's yeah. It's it didn't. It doesn't communicate the fact that. If one of your people dies, you cannot beat the game regardless of you continuing onward. That feels very gimmicky. Like, I'm very familiar with the box art for this game. <laughs> that's And honest to God, that's all I, I, I ever knew about this game. I'm seeing it, it came out in 1986. Surprisingly enough, the composer was Nobuo Uematsu. Oh, yeah, this was a Squaresoft game. Uh, Final Fantasy theme. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. And it feels like, and forgive me if this, what I'm about to say, references your number one pick, but that sounds almost as gimmicky as Ghosts and Goblins or Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I I guess kind of, yeah. Like where it, it you get through the one time and then it's like, nope, you got to do it again. Right. But at least... Well, and as somebody who, who hasn't played King's Knight, I just think I'm glad I know about that going into it because I will never forget... Getting through super uh, ghouls and ghosts and finding out there's a second loop and being pissed, <laughs> like it's almost unforgivable. Yeah, and, and I think this, I it would be the same level of rage. I I do agree with that. The first time I beat super ghouls and ghosts when I was at uh, probably eleven or twelve, I was pretty upset that I hadn't beaten it, and I walked away from the game. Having yeah. picked it I, up and, and going through it proper a couple years ago, I had a lot of fun actually learning to do the second loop and do the game in a what a three a three or four hour block of time. I was I was rather proud of myself after that, and that's awesome. Taking yeah. it up and doing that sort of redeemed the game for me, and I don't know if I'll ever want to do that with King's Knight. Okay. <laughs> the music is decent the the art is 1986 nes so i mean take that as you will it's yeah. not great but it conveys all the information well enough but sure. uh yeah it just it teases you too much yeah well and to to invest time like that and hope and think i'm doing pretty good i, I can get through this only to have the carpet pulled out from under your feet at the end. Uh, I just, you know, you're right, Super Ghouls and Ghosts or Ghosts and Goblins. If you keep with it and you you do do the second loop and you beat it, it is redeemable by virtue of how hard you have to work to do it. <laughs> but that initial discovery of, I know you worked real hard, but you fucked up something way back and you can't undo it. 
I ugh, I just don't see myself getting down on King's Knight now. Yeah, and the bummer is the game doesn't even tell you that. It'll let you get all the way yeah. to the level boss, and you just can't hurt it. Yeah, <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> so it it never tells you that you're not going to be able to win. So that's it's just a. I think that was a bad move in terms of game design. It just seems mean-spirited. It it kind of like, does. It's, yeah. I imagine a cat playing with a mouse before it kills it. You know what I mean? Wow. Okay, that's severe, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was King's thinking Knight like... is the you, cat you, you and don't tell I your friend. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking an, an analogy would be like, my friend's about to have, you know, he's going to go on stage and give a speech and his zipper is down. But you're like life and death. <laughs> oh man, I will never forgive him for not telling me about myself. But uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's mean spirited. It's it's insulting to the player. And like you said, they got to respect the player's time. And to me, that seems like quintessentially not doing that. Yes. Now. But now, now I have to try it. Or I have to watch somebody do it because I'm curious. My list up to this point has been more retro than not. You know, for the okay. save for the N64 game, they were all NES games. However, well, yeah. this yeah. game is a more recent game. Well, hold on, though. Two seconds. Okay. I'm sorry to, to break your rhythm here. I have to ask you a question. Before we do any number one, do you have any honorable mentions that you want to get out of You the know way? what? I almost, I on my list, I had put, and I was torn about, Three Stooges for the NES. For the NES, yeah, okay. And I'm torn on this one because as bad as the game is, I still a little bit enjoy it, even though I know it's bad. That's fair. I, I, I think it's okay to like bad games, like ones that are conventionally panned. But tell, what, what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? Why didn't know. it make it, the top five? It very much conveys uh, Three Stooges. You know what I mean? It feels like right. Three Stooges Shtick. as you're playing. It, it, it's it got a bunch of stuff that... It has mini games. Like The game is all mini games. And they're all pretty much inspired by some aspect of the Three Stooges. You know, there's the one where you guys are, where the three of them are just beating each other up. There's the mm -hmm. one where Curly is in the boxing ring, but uh, he's a boxing savant when um, Larry is playing, what was that song? Pop Goes the Weasel. Larry's playing Pop Goes the Weasel on the violin, and... Uh, Curly is a boxing savant. He's a maniac, right? Well, <laughs> there's a game where you play as Larry trying to run back from the boxing ring to his to get his violin and then get back with the violin to help Curly win this competition. So you don't actually play the boxing part. You're watching Curly get his ass beat as you're playing as Larry right. running along the alley to get this. And this is like it's inspired by that old film from the Three Stooges, where Curly actually does that, you know. So that's, they and then there's the uh, 
the shrimp crackers or the oyster crackers with the live oysters in the soup. Mm-hmm. So it, it's got these mini games that pull straight from these old Three Stooges bits. And that's great. I love it. Um, that's cool. Even the one in the hospital, it's it seems to like tangentially pull from a couple of ideas from various ones. And so it doesn't quite fit, but it it's it's still close enough to where it's like, yeah, this is Three Stooges. But uh it's it's not a very good game. It's not a on the whole, it's not a fun game. Each of the mini games are a bit fun in their own right, but the way you're scored on those mini games and the fact that you have to score well pretty much on every single mini game to uh succeed or at least not fail miserably. <laughs> That's that's the part that sucks. It's it expects you to play high level with a bunch of mini games. Yeah, I I could see how that would hinder it. And I unlike you, I agree. I think the whole idea of basing a video game off of the the comic bits from the Three Stooges was. I mean, if you're gonna do a Stooges game, that's what you should do. Oh yeah. But the fact that it's not the boxing game where you're doing the boxing, it's you're doing the, you know, you got to run and, and get your violin. That, to me, is like akin to releasing Star Fox, but you're playing as Slappy or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So you remember the thing? Oh, yeah, I remember that sketch there, that bit. That was great. That was real funny. We should, we should make that game, right? Well, yeah, but we're not going to do that part. We're going to do this other part where the, the, the side character is really what you're doing. Well, the whole the whole idea of this game is to make money and save the orphanage, which is sure. something we've seen a few times across Three Stooges history. Say, you know, may, do odd jobs, mm-hmm. save the orphanage. Not unfamiliar territory. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm on the I'm on a different page. Are you talking about the Blues Brothers? Because I'm pretty sure that's exactly what that was. <laughs> no, as no, well. no. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> even the uh, the more recent Three Stooges movie that was like with Will Sasso. And Sean mm-hmm. Hayes, and unfortunately, I can never remember the name of the guy who played Mo. <laughs> uh, that yeah, one, it, I, it I didn't see the it. Same I, thing. Yeah. I didn't see it either, but it pulled the same thing where they're out trying to make money to save the orphanage. Yeah, but that's the entire goal of this game is to save the orphanage, and no amount of high level play in those mini games will ever give you as much money as randomly coming across because sometimes instead of playing a mini game, you'll land on a card that's, you know, find a bag of money. And that bag of money could be $25. It could be like $2,500. You don't know. It's going to be random. But that one has the highest potential payout. You cannot make nearly as much money doing any of the other things as that random bag of money can give you by chance it's a casino game yeah and you only have yeah i want to say 10 weeks or something to save the orphanage so it's (laughs) it's it's definitely a weird game it has its its positive spins but for the most part it's not good gotcha okay so honorable mention three stooges yeah Next honorable mention, okay. I'll do one more honorable oh. mention. 
I love it. Is where's Waldo again for the NES? Ah, okay. Let's talk about that. This is another game that you can just get screwed out of being able to beat. So you'd think, where's Waldo? Simple enough, right? You go to a screen, you find Waldo somewhere in the screen. Yeah, sometimes he arguably doesn't look enough like Waldo to justify as being Waldo when you find him. But it also has a couple other sort of mini games. Uh, one of them being a subway game where you have to navigate an arrow through a maze. And sometimes that maze is unbeatable because it's randomly generated. I would venture to I would venture to say it's probably at least a 40% chance that you cannot beat that maze. No. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I mean it's, it's it's way too high of a chance. It really is. Fortunately, it's like level 4 or 5 out of 11, I want to say something like that. But I mean that's still too far in the game and too high a percentage to sink that much time into it and then get there and be like I can't, you, you literally can't beat this. <laughs> yeah, that two out of five is too big of a chance. I'm sorry. I could understand that for a game like that if it were ten percent at most. But I mean, four out of four out of ten is is outlandish. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people do love this game, and it's one of those games where there it's a shame that there's not more of it. Like that's typically the the chief complaint that I hear about this game is people do enjoy it, and I know people like speed run it, and it gets crazy. You- I've but, I've sat and played this game as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I've played it enough to know that that maze is faulty. That's firsthand knowledge. That's not watching a video <laughs> and learning about it. That's right. I played it enough to know. Oh yeah, sometimes I'm just not gonna get past this point. So is that what makes that game so bad for you to where it's an honorable mention is just that one stage? Well, it's it's not just that. Like I said, sometimes Waldo doesn't really look like Waldo on some levels or sure. given uh, some positions on some levels, I should say. Because sometimes it's, I mean, it's very obviously Waldo when you find him. And sometimes you're like, that guy's not even wearing a hat. And he's, that guy's not wearing a hat and he's green and somehow that's Waldo, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but is he wearing stripes? That is the thing. Yeah, uh, I apparently... think on the second level, sometimes you can, like, you'll find him, but he's green and brown. Mm-hmm. But occasionally you'll find him in a position where you don't really see his hat. Okay. So it's it's stuff like that. Well, maybe maybe his shirt that day was like one of those dresses where it's like blue and gold, but people see you know white and green. <laughs> Same shit, just from nineteen eighty yeah, no something. That that said, like and, the only reason I think this game it deserves an honorable mention here is really because it is way too limited in scope for a game that was sixty or seventy dollars when it released. God, yeah. So, so and that's sixty or seventy dollars, like nineteen eighty-seven money. Yeah, for inflation, that's probably 
and here's something a lot of people don't figure when they're talking about pricing of video games. I know it sucks that games are now like, oh yeah, we're going to charge you $70 a game. NES games used to be $70. Super NES games used to be $70. Mm-hmm. This was not, it's, it's not a foreign concept. I'm not defending the practice. I just want people to realize that back then versus now, you're probably like, if you look at the inflation of $70 in the 80s to now, it's like 120 bucks, if not more. Oof. So <laughs> yeah. when you factor that in, it's like, okay, maybe we don't have it as bad as we think in terms of pricing, even though, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of other factors that go into it that, and, and we'll not dive into that here. This isn't the podcast for that, but there are other factors that change how that works, but price alone, it's not as bad, but back then 70 bucks for a game. That's like $120 now. Fuck that. Not more, not where's Waldo. Well, they, they <laughs> right. They they still do that. They just call it DLC. Yeah, where you... which by the way, if we can get some DLC for for retro games, that would be dope. I think back in the day, if that game were like ten, twenty bucks, okay, right. But <laughs> well, especially for I mean, I understand it's randomly generated, but if there's only like a single digit number of stages, then. Yeah, it needs to be a $20 game. Yeah, I want to say it has 11 stages, something like that. Oh, okay. okay. It's not super low, but I mean, each stage, you're constantly timed, so you kind of wanting to spend maybe no more than two minutes per stage mm-hmm. to be able to beat the game, so. Well, then it's it's a longer game than, like, Mario 2, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Fairish. I guess I could see that. All right. Okay, so my last... Do you... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, do you know why uh, Waldo wears stripes? I don't. Because he never wants to be spotted. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Ah. <laughs> All right, sorry. So, in your opinion, worst game ever created is... Chasm. I don't know if you're terribly familiar with this game. I'm sure some of our listeners definitely are. Chasm. Okay. Uh, My mind palace. Um, So Chasm is a video game that came out in... When was this? 2018. Mm -hmm. And it was in development for a few years. This game began life as a Metroidvania style game that was intended to be um, a randomly generated world, a procedurally generated world, I should say. So heavily inspired by Castlevania Symphony of the Night. There was a ton of hype for this game. It was crowdfunded through, um, what's that site? Kickstarter. It was it was crowdfunded crowdfunded through Kickstarter, okay. and I think it was pretty heavily crowdfunded. Actually, they hit a lot of stretch goals, um, and okay. it seemed like a super promising idea. And when I finally got to play it, I didn't kickstart it. But my brother ended up buying it after it came out. So I played it through him. On the surface, if you give this game an hour or two, it is top tier. Because it plays 
just like Symphony of the Night in a lot of ways. It feels smooth. It feels tight. It feels well put together. Once you hit about the four-hour mark, you start to see that the procedural generation and uh, information generated through the map and exploring is not as tight as it should have been and, in fact, leaves a ton to be desired. And it it just falls flat. It does not accomplish it at all. It ends up being a huge disappointment for pretty much every single hour past hour three. And I beat this game. And I got so frustrated with it so many times because I had to look stuff up. I actually had a point of my map generating over itself, and that's why I couldn't find where to go next. And and that place I had to go next was like very important key place to go, but it wasn't showing on my map because another room was already there. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> so this is a game and and as you get further into the game the mechanics start to um it gets stale it doesn't really expand the gameplay much or rather it doesn't expand the gameplay enough i should say because it does i mean it doesn't need to be wildly varying or anything it's a metroidvania game you know throw a few power-ups new weapons and abilities in and you're you should be golden theoretically but most of the stuff they do is kind of boring, uninspired, and it it's easy to overlook where you're supposed to go because of the fact that it's randomly generated. Something that should have been a selling something that was a selling point for this game wound up being a huge detriment to it. Mm-hmm. So which in your opinion is a bigger sin? To have that kind of misstep as a crowdfunded or, you know, whatever uh, game or professionally developed. Because one of the first things you made sure to say about this was that it was like a Kickstarter. It was something that people donated to to make sure it happened. So to have such a giant, I say misstep, that's probably not the best word for it, uh, oversight. Is that is that a bigger sin because people made it happen? They demanded that it happened. They willed it into existence. Or is it is it a worse offense if it's put out by a major studio? Um, you know, I I think it would be worse if it were a major studio because it wouldn't have only been a twenty twenty five dollar game. Um, sure. and but one of the major issues with this one is this game was in development for six years. I get it's a small team, but it had a lot of glaring issues that either they ignored because they were so close to it and wanted the game to be the way it was or just didn't care. You know what I mean? Either they didn't realize or they didn't care. And that's the problem here is it was in development for six years and it had such glaring issues despite that. Six years is a lot of time to be like, hey, dude, you want to try this game I'm making and tell me maybe if we did anything wrong? So I don't know. I mean, it could entirely be on, you know, who tested the game. Just being like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. This is amazing. Or maybe 
the testing was only done for the first couple hours, and after that, they didn't bother letting people play it until it was released. Because, I mean, that's really where the problems started to creep in, was after about two, three hours, like I said. Well, and that, you know... You can frame it like, which is the lesser of two evils when you're developing a game? Uh, to be, you know, lazy or incompetent. Do they identify the weaknesses and say, Let, fuck it, let's just put the product out? Uh, or, or did they just not test it enough? Did they not know about it? So were they being lazy or were they just Yeah, and either way, it's, it's kind of a hard pill to swallow. It's either one you're going to look at yeah. and be like, well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I guess, you know, <laughs> that, if, if you're not yeah. having enough people test it and it's just you and your, your team are the ones doing most of the testing, you're probably going to miss where you made mistakes or chosen the wrong direction. Just because you're so close to it and you're so focused on the minutiae that you're not going to get the big picture enough. And this is a case where you, testers come in super handy, especially when it's an indie team because then you can it's easier to as a small team go okay we should fix this rather than trying to get a giant publisher give you an extra few weeks or couple of months to fix a problem and i'm i mean i'm sure yeah. you know funding was still an issue for these guys but i mean it was in development for 6 years that's 6 years that they could have realized yeah. wait it should be more than enough hmm, time you yeah. know and yeah and the longer you know they they sit on it before it comes out, it it really does make the uh, the incompetent part seem less likely. It's more just greed and laziness. Yeah, there's an issue, but they won't know until yeah. later. Yeah, and Let's just put I it out there. I I choose not to to believe that it was laziness, and instead it was just they didn't catch it because they were so close to it. I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. shit on the game that much by shitting on the developers and saying, "Oh yeah, they're incompetent bozos." Because I don't think they were. I think they. Well, but hold on now. <laughs> what? It's your number one worst game of all time, and you say you don't want to shit on it. It's okay. So when I say my worst games, I mean my worst gaming experiences personally, because it, like I said earlier, it's easy to be like, "Oh yeah, Superman for the NES is garbage." It is. Sure. I never played it much. So it was not garbage for me mm -hmm. because I knew to avoid it right off the bat. Same with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I knew not to play it, so right. I didn't play it. <laughs> so these yeah. are my okay. worst five games because they gave me bad experiences. I got you. No, that's, that's well said. Well stated. I think it's interesting also that your number one uh, on your list is one that you also said at some point in the last couple of minutes. At a certain point, it is a top-tier game. Yeah, early on, it, it fools and, you into thinking it's one of the best games you're ever going to play. Right. And then, again, they pull that proverbial rug out from under you and say, Ha-ha, it's a turd. I, I feel like that's just one of the worst offenders, just because it's like, this is going to be great. And then it's like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> It, it it gives you a false sense of satisfaction early on because it really does. Like the first couple hours, you're like, man, this is Castlevania Symphony of the Night all over again. These guys nailed it. And by the end, you're like, 
just let it be over. I want to beat this and be done with it and move on and never play it again. <laughs> Sucks. And I think we've all been there where you play a game for so long and you're like, well, it's got to be done soon, right? 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 Uh... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are other games right. that have done that. They just didn't fool me about it so much early on. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people... I, I could easily shit on Final Fantasy thirteen because it has mm -hmm. a lot of issues. And I can't believe I didn't think to put that on my list, honestly, because I have major issues with that game, and none of them are the linearity problem that most people have with it. Final Fantasy X was linear as well. Not a big deal. Um, so I guess, I don't know if this is an, alt <laughs> an honorable mention or if this should have just been in place of one of the other games, but... My big issue with Final Fantasy XIII, because now that I'm thinking about it, that should have been in my bottom five. I don't know how that didn't occur to me. So here you go. Bonus bottom five. <laughs> Final Fantasy XIII. My major issue with this game is it constantly gives the player tutorials. It, I think I encountered in the 24 hours I managed to give this game I probably encountered about mm, tutorial every hour. So they were constantly teaching you new things and then they would never bother dealing with it again. And as I understand it, you kind of have to get 35 to 40 hours in for all these tutorials you've been amassing to finally come back again and actually be relevant to the gameplay. So they teach you something early on that you don't experience again for another 30 hours. Yeah, they they just uh, constantly give you these tutorials, teach you things that don't matter in the long term for quite some time. And then every single, every single random encounter feels like a boss fight. It's It's too much work to make every single battle that, hmm, what's the term? Require that much decision making and effort to complete. Okay. And sometimes you just want to get into a random battle and smash the A button, and this game doesn't oh. let you do that. Yeah, that's like my go to. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so. I mean, I I get it when people are like, yeah, it's you know, it makes every fight feel feel meaningful. No, it makes every boss fight just feel like another trash slog sure. to me. When everything feels like a boss fight, nothing's fun. Especially when there's you know trash fights every twenty thirty seconds between. Like a battle takes you five minutes, and then you go thirty seconds, and you're in another battle. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, that and it, uh, it sounds like the game is just poorly paced. I've never played Final Fantasy thirteen, so I'm kind of just going off that. But uh, imagine starting like a a math class in college, and it's your first day, and your teacher's like, "Here is a very important thing that you need to know," and then you don't encounter that lesson again until the final. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, okay, I'd cool. say that's accurate. Because 
everybody I talked to when I would say, I don't like this game, they're like, oh, you got to give it like 40 hours and then yeah. it'll be fun. No, I don't got to give it 40 hours for it to be fun. They should have made it fun early. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> it's like when people say something's not that bad. If you have to say something is not that bad, then yeah, it kind of is. And if if you have to sink 40 hours yeah. into a game for it to be enjoyable, then it's the Final Fantasy II thing. I just got done talking to, to Jake about that in, in my bottom five episode, but uh, I don't want to say anything if anybody hadn't heard that episode yet. But yeah, if you got to sink that much into it, just, you know, and you've got a pretty solid work ethic when it comes to you'll put in X number of games. Like you've got a standard, right? Of like two or however many hours it is. And if you... you I give a game yeah. about two hours to prove itself to yeah. be enjoyable. And I think that's awesome. I wish I had that. In, in some way, either either it has to... It has to... It, generally, that's for RPGs more than anything else. It's got two hours to pull me in. But, I mean, sometimes there's other games that you kind of need to do that with too. Um, it was one of those... My wife loves the uh, Gears of War franchise. And two hours into the first one, I was like, this is the slowest shooter I've ever played. And she's like, you have to play it all the way through. It's a great story. I'm like, but it's not a great game. Yeah, I hate that. So I, I never did finish that one. Um, with Final Fantasy 13, I think the final nail in the coffin for me was there's a prison escape segment. And that once you get to that prison escape segment, and I'm pretty sure I've told this story before on stream, maybe in the podcast, I don't know. But it uh, the prison escape, there's an alarm that starts blaring constantly once the seed starts. And if you go into your menu, you still hear it. If you're in combat, you still hear it. If it's a cutscene, <laughs> you still hear it. The alarm doesn't give you a reprieve. And after, I want to say after about an hour of hearing that alarm, I I just had to turn the game off and oh. never look back. Well, okay, but have you ever had two hearts of health in Zelda? Same shit. Oh, yeah, but at least that, you you can either die or get more health and it's, <laughs> it shuts it up, but... In this, you've got that alarm until you pass that segment of the game. Well, and obviously it's not a very important alarm if it's going off for an entire fucking hour. The whole point to an alarm is to get a situation resolved quickly. But I take you at your point. <laughs> well, the reason the reason it's going on for so long is because you have these five-minute battles that take forever. And you're trying to explore the prison to get the goodies that there are because there's a little bit of wandering the path wandering off the main path to find stuff right it's just when you find stuff and then you go to equip it you don't get a break from it in the pause menu while you're trying to equip stuff it's still blaring you're in these five minute battles that take forever further extending the time you're going to hear this alarm while also playing the alarm during the battle so it's it's just it was too much i I think I've talked about Werewolf for the NES before, and I think it was level three in that, where just half of the level, there's no music, and the music in that game was badass, but half the level in that game 
Half of level three was just an alarm blaring. And I thought that was too long. <laughs> so then a full hour is just right out. <laughs> so you can understand my frustration with an hour of an alarm blaring in a game that's supposed to have very pretty music. And uh, this game had a lot of issues. I didn't care about anybody except for Saj and his son and that storyline. All the other storylines just didn't bother pulling me in. So I, the fact that I gave this game as long as I did, I went against my own rule of, you know, make me enjoy it within two hours. And I kept playing anyway. And it was, <laughs> it was the wrong choice. Yeah. Um, but especially, I mean, a title like that with the name Final Fantasy is a wolf in sheep's clothing. You know what I mean? You want to believe if it's not great, just give it a minute. Because there's a lot of those sections in the Final Fantasy history where it's, I hate this part, but maybe it'll get better. Now, I don't know, after 20 hours, uh, but I, uh, I've i heard enough about 13 that I, I don't think I'll ever want to do that. But that, that's a solid honorable mention. I don't think it should get a pass just because it's a Final Fantasy title. Yeah, so I think that was my bottom five plus, plus three, one. Because we had three honorable mentions, and I love it. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> oh, I, I... <laughs> so walk us through that. Well, because I was kind of including uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen in my bottom five now, because that one just kind of happened in real time. It should have been on my list. Dude, no, that's that's what happened with, with my episode. I, I gave Jake my five, and then I was like, dude, I need you to hop in Discord like four days later. And I, I had to retract something and, and, you know, switch it out for something else because something popped up in my head where I'm like, oh, of course this is the worst game of all time. What the fuck is wrong with me? Why didn't I say that? So, uh, mad respect. And I get it. And it, it's it's understandable. So, you know, thank you for... Let's let's review your, your list real quick before we get off here. Um, at number five, we had eight eyes. Yes. At number four, we had Battlestar Des- Galactica. Destination Earth Star, yeah. <laughs> Earth Star, yeah. Uh, I always get that title confused with To the Earth, but no, Earth Star, yeah. Um, yeah at number three, that. which you said two and three were interchangeable, but three was Majora's Mask. Correct. And then number two, I want to say was Waldo, but that was an honorable mention. No, number two was King's Knight. King's Knight, thank you, yes. Well, and then it bats you around before it kills you. Yes. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I'm pissed off just a second. Okay. So then uh, number one was Final Fantasy XIII, uh, but also Chasm. Chasm. Yeah. yeah. Those those two are probably both at the top of the list. So I don't know. I guess that would uh, probably get Eight Eyes or Destination Earth Star shoved off the top five at that point. Well, yeah. <laughs> It's they're still on there because fuck those games, but uh, <laughs> I I love it. I mean I think you and I are basically not exactly the same, but for the most part simpatico when it comes to let's give it a shot. There's got to be some sort of good aspect to every game, you know yada yada yada. Hope for the best, optimism. So it's fun to be able to lash out at the games that we feel wasted our time. Uh, I think that's second nature to somebody like Jake. Which he'll be the first to admit that. I'm not <laughs> dogging on Jake. Uh, but I, I appreciate your honesty and, and being able to like constructively and critically think about this stuff and just 
really lean into some pieces of shit. It's it's yeah, and it's important. I mean, when I was first making my list, I think I edited it three or four times as I thought of other things that were worse than the previous stuff. Oh, absolutely. And I still didn't find all of my. Sorry, my phone is beeping at me. Stop that phone. No, you're fine. Um, I'm getting rupees. Damn it. <laughs> I, I was like, I, I. Okay, sorry. Yes, I love that. <laughs> my text alert sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at least it's on brand. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I probably shuffled in and cycled out a good five or six games before I settled on the five that I did, and even then. I had completely missed Final Fantasy 13, so there you go. That's awesome, though. I'm glad that, and I'm glad that that uh, organically came up while we were recording. That's wonderful. Yeah, it was like the bonus, <laughs> bonus worst game. <laughs> yeah, right. While I'm thinking about it, here's another piece of crap. So that's yeah. That's good. All right, my man. Well, thank you again. And uh, before we get off of here, everybody, please feel free to. Sound off in our Discord for those of you following along at home and in Discord. Otherwise, feel free to check us out. We are on Patreon. We are found wherever you get your podcasts. And if for whatever reason you search for us on a podcast site and they say we don't have them, you let us know so we can get on there. Uh, But chances are you'll find us wherever you normally get them. And uh, we've got a merch store. We've got our actual um, domain at pressbeatacancel.com. What am I missing here? Um, I think that's everything we have. Instagram, Twitter. Yep. All the, all the usual. So, uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, Mr. Werewolf? Um, well, now after a good chunk of a hiatus again during the move, here, <laughs> and, uh, on my Twitch channel, W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F, tell, uh, just Google it and tell Google you meant it, you'll find me. Nice. Very cool. And I am Guy Prime from The Retro Therapy. You can find me on twitch.tv slash The Retro Therapy and then all the usual social medias and YouTube as well. So until next time, everybody, continue to listen and always bring your B game. Special thanks to Arthur the Ancient on SoundCloud for our podcast theme. Listen to more episodes on our website, pressbeatacancel.com. As well, feel free to like or subscribe at Apple and Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or anywhere else you like to listen to your favorite shows. Thank you to our supporters on patreon.com slash cancel. Your money helps keep this ball rolling. And as always, thank you to all our listeners. This has been... Cancel.